time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. It's lopsided. It's a lopsided game. And, and you know, I'm not really into talking about all the positives, to be quite honest with you. We weren't, you know, nothing was, was glowingly beautiful yesterday. We, it, was a, it was not a good day for us. And uh, we've got we've to get that, get that fixed. You heard it from the man, Jim Tom Sula. Not a good day for the 49ers. Week two, a big loss, 43-18 in Pittsburgh. Thanks for joining us once again. Gold Faithful 49ers radio show. I am Brian Peacock. Right next to me is Nick Winkler. How you doing, man? Oh, not great. You know, after that <laughs> game, he was right. Not a whole lot of good to talk about there. Um, a lot of garbage time stats for Kaepernick. But, right. you know, other than that, they came out conservative. They got beat in almost every aspect. Offensive line, defensive line, secondary. It it. It looked it looked bad. Before we get into all that, I do want to remind you this is brought to you by DynastySportsEmpire.com. Fantasy Sports, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, Dynasty Sports Empire has you covered. Visit them online at DynastySportsEmpire.com or join a startup fantasy football, hockey, basketball league today. Also, check out some of the other shows on the podcast network at DSC, which we are a part of. Football shows, Duke and Boy, which we were a guest appearance on last week. Had a lot of fun with them. Yeah, yeah. TJ Smith's War Room, the backup punter is also a good one. Nick, you might really like that one with your affinity for punters. My Bradley pinioned inside the 20. Do you have uh, a little love? information on that segment today? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Stick around. All right. All right. So let's let's talk about the league in general first. Around the league, there are some things that happen. Um, it, it, you know, it's early in the season, but man, these are still huge games. Teams that start 2-0 and make the playoffs 63% of the time. 0-2 teams only make the playoffs about 12% of the time. That's not good. So if you're looking at a team like the Seattle Seahawks are already in an 0-2 hole with a tough division. Which I love! I am not not upset about that. (laughs) Feels so good to watch that Um, loss last night. I'll just say this about the league in general. When you think you have a good idea of what's going on in the NFL, flip that on its head the next week because that's probably, you'll be more right. And that's what's mo- so fun about the NFL is like after week one, everyone's like, oh, the 49ers, they're the new team. They're the team to beat. They're the sexy pick. I and got man, caught up on that a little everyone bit. Was, did. Man, everyone did. Man, they looked so did. good. It was, it was almost too easy. And then, oh, yeah, it was too easy. Right. That's, oh. that's because it was too easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're actually playing a really good team on the road on a short week, and they have rest, and we got our butts kicked. At RotoWire, we have a survivor pool, and I think over 90% of the players were out of it in week two, me included. Uh, losses by the Saints at home to oh, Tampa. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Rams lost to Washington, Jaguars over the Dolphins, and the Raiders at home knocking off the Ravens. David Carr looking pretty good. Hit his uh, Amari Cooper young rookie good. for a nice long yeah, touchdown. I like it. And then uh, pulling it out in the final minute, 26 seconds left, he hit a guy I'd never heard of before. Yeah, same here. Yeah. I was actually driving in the car, and I was whoa, who? Wait, wait, what? wait that, what? Was that guy, which team was that guy? It's when you really want rewind in your car radio. Yes. I don't have that, well, you unfortunately. Need to get that. Come on. Tony Romo, broken clavicle, out Ouch. eight weeks, will not need surgery. Uh, Des Bryant already out half the season, so that's your huge one-two punch on offense. Yeah, it's I'm not I, I don't like again. I don't like to see guys get hurt. I'm never a big fan of that. But no, yeah, it's the Cowboys. It's the Cowboys. Really yeah, tough news for so them. Uh, who we both picked to make the NFC playoffs? Did we? No, we, we both yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. Actually, Ooh. I picked the Giants. You picked the Cowboys. I jumped on board at the end. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. all right though. Hey, I just you know just making keeping you honest over there. 
Well, Philadelphia, I think I picked, and they are. Yeah, <laughs> I had Philadelphia winning the East. I think I had them uh, going to the NFC Championship I had game. Philly in the wild card. Actually, I but think I had the Colts beating the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Did you? I had yeah. Packers, I believe, losing to the Patriots. Is it's early. Hey, There's whatever. plenty of games left. Yeah, so, man, Chip Kelly could get run out of town yeah. in a hurry. Yeah. You go from genius to idiot really quick Real in the NFL. Real quick. Everybody was on this bandwagon coming out of the preseason. They looked like they were rolling. It just goes to show you, preseason's preseason. Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Leroy Green via Twitter, if we go to the mailbag real quick, uh, he hit us up. He's actually a Seahawks fan, but a loyal listener to the show, Love which we it. appreciate. So shout out to him. He wanted to know, he sent out a tweet to us. He wanted to know when the Jimmy Graham holdout will end. <laughs> and uh, it seems that way. I know, I know. You think if you have a weapon like that, you're just going to throw it to him 10 times a game, right? Yeah. Apparently not. You saw this with Seattle. Percy Harvin came over, yeah. and they went out and got him. They paid the price to bring Percy Harvin in. They failed to utilize that talent. Just really odd. They're doing it again with Jimmy Graham. So, I mean, it's you know week two, obviously, like we said. So who knows? He could bust out for three touchdowns Gronk style next week, which wouldn't even be all that surprising. But, um, you know, and I'm not complaining. The Seahawks right. are 0-2. But what? why would you spend so much, a huge piece on your offensive line and a first-round draft pick, and you have a guy and you just hardly use him? And it's well, one of the easiest things to do in the NFL. I mean, I, I'm sitting over here <laughs> doing a radio show. I'm not an offensive coordinator. Super easy. How hard is it to dial up a play to a tight end and be like, hey, six seven? Throw it to that guy. He's your number one option on this pass play. Yeah, and you have this amazing talent, and you, you know, yeah, maybe the team, you know, other teams double teaming him, triple teaming him. They're running great schemes to keep him covered, but he's the kind of guy that will make the catch and double team. You make that pass. Right. I think Russell Wilson is at the point. He's always kind of been this way. He doesn't really take that extra chance. If the guy's not open, he's going to tuck it and he's going to run it, or he's going to look for his third option or his fourth option, and then he's going to scramble and look again. And, right. And, Utilize those feet, which is great. It's one of his best uh, attributes. But at the same time, like. You got Jimmy Graham. Throw Jimmy Graham the ball. What the hell are you doing? That's right. I'm getting okay. worked up. I don't even got yeah. Actually, never mind. Don't throw Jimmy Graham the ball. <laughs> and that's just the Seahawks. I, I can't wait till we start talking about the 49ers here and oh, see how it worked man, up. Oh, man. I'm ahead in my hands right now. 43-18. And yeah. they were never really in this it one. It wasn't even that close. No. Well, you know what's It's crazy because they... They were down two scores pretty quickly. And you yeah. thought, okay, you know, here we go. Let's drive down, get a stop, drive down. You know, two scores isn't that huge. It's not insurmountable. Right. right. Then all of a sudden, boom, DHB. That's it. Yeah. Instantly, you're like, uh, okay, oh. there's the third score. Yeah. And we're down. Ouch. And, okay, now what? Uh, and then, okay, well, let's do something. Let's give it to Carlos Hyde. Oh, you want seven more points? Yeah. Here, Carlos Hyde, oh, why don't you give them the, the football back. in your Actually, territory? They, didn't they credit that to Kaepernick, though? Yeah, it was I, kind of a, a, a botch I think they did. They handoff. called it a botch handoff, but still. But, like, yeah. Oh, here's seven and, more points. Yeah, right then, you kind of knew, like, oh, that that's the game. And you just, but, oh, crap, because you know the 49ers aren't built for that yeah. type of a company. Yeah, I mean, there's a point in the second quarter, too. You got first and goal. Then you have a holding call on Piers. I mean, that happened in week one. It wasn't Piers, but it was another holding call. When you're, you know, you're inside the red zone, you're driving, boom, that takes you back those 10 yards. It just kills you. And then the play calling, wide receiver screen, minus yardage. Running back screen, minus yardage. Oh, look, another penalty. And then a sack. Leads to a 47-yard field goal when you have the ball at like the seven-yard line. It, ugh. First and goal is almost a dirty word now. It is. For 49 The red fans. zone issues. They were in the red how zone you, four times. They got one touchdown. How can you use up half of a quarter of football just charging down the yeah. field methodically, get into the red zone, and then bad, go backwards man. 20 yards? It was bad. It was really, really and bad. that's something. It's been an issue for a long time in San Francisco. I've been pounding the table about that. It's, it drives me crazy, and it's something that has to be fixed. The red zone is the number one problem yeah. for this team. And, you know, the, I guess the number two problem for me then on offense would be just 
I feel like their play calling, and I get it. Like you want to feed hide the ball after what what he did, but if it's not working, you got to try something else. They were being so conservative for the first half of this football game, and they just they continually put themselves in obvious passing situations where then they could blitz Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and and that offensive line could not hold up. There were a few times where you could see Staley and Boone, and they were getting pissed at Martin. You know, they're like, dude, I, do your job. I did like, see that, you're and making you know, us look bad. Staley made some mistakes as well, so he wasn't perfect. Oh, but I was, everyone but, looked bad. <laughs> Everyone there there was that. a play, and I remember seeing that play, where he literally just turns to Marcus Martin and points at him and yells at him. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Dude, that like, happened three or four times. Yeah. I, I, I was watching it closely because it, it just started getting so frustrating. And Pierce had like three holding calls. Oh, It's got to be cap to Bolden or yeah. maybe cap to Smith or, or whatever. And there were some Vernon big drops. Davis. There were some big drops. But there needs to be that thing. You saw it with Ben Roethlisberger. He's like, third down, I'm just going to hang out and wait for Antonio Brown yep. to get open because he will get open, and then I'm going to deliver him the football. The 49ers don't have that thing where they're like, okay, the run's not working. We can just go to this thing. I mean, okay, Antonio Brown is probably the the best wide receiver in football. I would not I mean, dispute that. Yeah, I mean, you not. watch this guy play. Anyone who has uh, plays fantasy football knows exactly what I'm talking about. The guy's going to make a ton of catches for a ton of yards every single week. That happens. But when you just can't put any pressure at all on Ben Roth- Roethlisberger, zero quarterback hits. They did not hit him one time in this game. That's right. I have this right here under Ugh. the stats. The key stats, number one, zero sacks, zero hits on QB. Atrocious. None. So no bad. pressure on Ben Roethlisberger. You cannot do that. And that that's the biggest difference on defense from week one to week two yeah. was they were in Teddy Bridgewater's face all night long. And it was it was polar opposites. The 49ers would not throw a ball more than 10 yards down the field for, for you know 75% of this game, whereas Roethlisberger's 5 of 6 for, on throws 30 yards down the field for 239 yards. Like, yes. They just kept chucking it down the field and... Kept completing the passes. It was yeah. Eric Branch oh. tweeted out after the game. Roethlisberger had completions of 59, 56, oh. 48, 41, 35, and 28. And Chris Biederman, a friend of the show, he tweeted back five of six of those plays came on third down. Oh, that's that's disgusting. Matt Mayoko, who probably won't appear on the show because we don't want to cheat on Matt Barrows. Right. He tweeted out in coverage Antonio Brown, Kenneth Acker. Six for six, covering him for 120 yards. Tremaine Brock covered him once, one for one, 56 yards. Are you kidding me right now? Like you couldn't, they could not cover this guy. The one big thing you could say about the defense that looked good, at least most of the, the early portion of the game, the run defense was still pretty good. You look at the yeah. stat line, you see those three short D'Angelo mm-hmm. Williams TD plunges. Don't let that fool you. Uh, those points probably belong to the passing game as well. Yeah, um, of course. Williams was about two yards per carry for most of the game. You know, into the second half, and so the 49ers were putting Pittsburgh into those third and long situations, which is how you draw it up. But they could not get to Roethlisberger, and he was just carving him up. And it was just if you look at the stats too. I mean, the offense, 49ers offense took 90 snaps. They had they held the ball for like I think it was 12 minutes longer or 15 minutes longer than Pittsburgh. It was some ridiculous <laughs> number, and they just. They couldn't put the ball in the end zone. And that's zone. what hurts even more. So you see Pittsburgh score in five seconds, yeah, yeah. and you're like, okay, we got the ball. Here's a 12-minute drive, yeah. and oh, maybe we're going to kick a long field goal now. And then you'd think, oh, maybe their defense is going to get tired because they're on the field the entire game. No, no, nope. it just did not happen. I mean, yeah, maybe late because, uh, you know, Kaepernick, 274 of his 335 yards came in the second half. I mean, yeah, he looked good. Like, maybe maybe this is the wake-up call they needed. That's like, yeah, okay, let's open up the offense. They finally they, – they hadn't – they had zero adversity the first week. Was, so yeah. they finally got that, and they were finally forced to bounce back from something. I think they kind of – they maybe weren't ready for it. And I think they just waited a little too long to open up as well. They didn't wait – they waited until, like, the midway through the third quarter. 
to, and they were already yeah, down huge as soon as yeah. the, the the long touchdown to Darius Hayward Bay happened that was where it was. right 29-3 at the half you know obviously that that's that's a, a tough way to you know and I expected a drop in production from last week but wow this was this was much much more than I anticipated so let's <laughs> the red zone offense sucks uh, <laughs> yes, yes, still sucks. Uh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Cap put a bunch of stats in the box score in the fourth quarter, but that was versus a, a loose Steelers D. So, right. um, I still want to see Kaepernick hit that back foot and deliver the ball somewhere. That's that's something going forward, and that's something I look for early in this Cardinals game in Week Three. And we have Edward Cole, who is a Cardinals beat reporter for NBC Sports Radio AM 1060 in Phoenix. He's going to join us a little bit later to uh, preview that matchup. And uh, we're going to ask him about that team, which looks really good it's right gonna be now. Another, I know. What a brutal schedule here. I mean, yeah, it was nice starting off at home against Minnesota. But then, yeah, I mean, you got to go on the road, Pittsburgh, short week. And then you got to come back and take on a division rival in their house. And then let's not even forget, like, I don't want to look past the Cardinals here. But week four, they got to come home and take on Green Bay. So this is a brutal stretch here. For for the 49ers, I mentioned it in one of our shows earlier in the season. I mean, this is this is one and three staring you in the face here, and that's 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 it's scary. And the difference between two and one and one and two is massive. It's huge. Oh yeah, it, it's monumental, especially if it's a division game. Like you don't want to lose that first division game that you have to play. So it's just kind of brutal the way the NFL kind of stacks it up against the Niners. I don't make excuses. You know, the Niners didn't make any excuses when they had to go on the road, and you know Pittsburgh had the long, the long uh, layoff there, and the Niners had the short week. But there's no cupcake teams in the NFC right. West, so they're not going to have any easy matchups going forward. So it's it's going to be like this for 16 weeks. Something I want to touch on too, real quick. Colin Kaepernick, he ran for what 51 yards, 57 yards, something like that. He looked great again, scrambling. Get a tighter jersey. There were two <laughs> times that I saw that he was scrambling and someone pulled him down from behind with like the tail of his jersey. Come on now, get something that's not. I, I hate this is the second week in a row I've talked about clothing, like Aaron Lynch and that horrible white undershirt that he wore. I like the Lynch that. undershirt. He didn't have it on though, and we because I could he see, I could tell who he was. He was, he was the only <laughs> guy I could see. On TV, yeah, well, you could also see because he was in the backfield, you know, pressuring the quarterback half the time. Not this weekend. Yeah, so uh, Lynch put that T-shirt back on the long sleeve. Yeah, yeah I, love it. <laughs> I think Kaepernick was wearing it. I think that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Anything else about Kaepernick that you know? I just, I just, they kept pounding it up the middle. There was no room up the middle. Like it made me mad. There's, I, I take notes during the game, and there's one one point where I just wrote, wrote in all caps, no room up the middle. Stop that. <laughs> It just it was it was like a midway through the third quarter, late third quarter. Like okay, right before they started decided to open up, like they just keep running it up the middle. So if if we're looking for the bright side of things here, there there was the seventy five yard touchdown pass to Torrey Smith. That was nice throw, Uh, Smith. It wasn't just an over-the-top bomb either, you know. So Cap had to make a good throw. Smith had to make something happen after yeah. the catch. That was yeah. exciting to see. There were, you know, but at this time, you know, it was obviously too little too late. But, yeah, it, it did give us a moment of like, oh, yeah, see, that's that's what you need to do. Do that early. You know, open the offense up. Make the defense have to think about it. Stop letting them stack guys in the box against Carlos Hyde, which is what Pittsburgh did for the first half. And it was just got so frustrating. It was scary when Hyde left the game. Uh, twice, actually. The first time I was yeah. worried. The second time I didn't even really know what happened. Yeah, well, you uh, look up and Mike Davis is in there play after play, and you're like, what's, right. what's going on here? The first time he took a shot to the side of the leg, and I thought, I immediately yeah. thought ACL. He you was could getting, see, you could see he looked like he was in pain. He was fighting for yards. He got stood up by somebody, so he was just wide open for a shot. Someone went low, which, I, yeah, I hate that play, I but um, this is football. Someone hit him on the side of the leg, and I thought, oh, man, there's ACL. That's how it goes. He left the game. He was in pain, but come, came back. Came right back, yeah. Very next player, the play after, and so. 
And then, you know, they left for the concussion protocol. Didn't have a concussion, but, you know, coaches kept him out. Smart play. It you was, know, the yeah. game was out of hand at that point. What do you think about this, though? I mean, once, once that happened, it was all Mike Davis. You think that's just because of his pass protection, or do you think it's because like Hyde or Hain is clearly the the number two, and so they didn't want to get him hurt either? We talked about this with Matt Barrows on the last show, and that was not surprising at all. I thought if if anything happens to Hyde, Mike Davis would be the guy that comes in and carries the load. As yeah. I think right now, Hain's still a role player, and I think just on offense, yeah, whether it be pass protection or just between the tackles, runner, I sure. just, you know, they probably don't trust Hain as much as they trust Davis in, in that aspect. So. And you know, we talked about wanting to see Mike Davis, and you know, nothing looked good for the 49ers, so I don't want to judge him on, on this. No, no, there wasn't a lot of room to run. It was it right. was pretty ugly. Two yards and stop running up the middle. I know <laughs> right, it's not your exactly. fault, Mike, but. <laughs> Um, oh, but good news. So Carlos Hyde, I guess there's it was a uh, leg contusion. Is, yeah, is what Tim, Jim Tom Sula said. He expects to play, and his head is fine. So he was cleared. He was just held out for the rest of that blow up for precautionary reasons. Um, Torrey Smith does have a little bit of a contusion as well. Uh, not expected to miss time. So still on the injury front, things aren't looking too bad. I not think. too bad. Yeah, Bush. Bush is probably coming back. Ellington. Uh, they're gonna see how he responds to treatment. Right. Uh, yeah, it's not looking horrible. Um, still a lot. To be hopeful for a lot, a lot of upside still with this team. I just oh, that offensive line that the other than Staley and Boone, it, it really concerns me. Right. You know what? I'm glad that that week two happened in week two and not week one. Yes, of course. Because right. Because also, I think that you know it kind of knocked everybody back to their senses. Which, yes. which is good. But it was nice to see the positive, see what the team could do right. at maximum. Right. And you know the Vikings looked much better in week two. Yeah. They were you know it was just. The other side of the coin, and that's just the way this league is. So I, w- I definitely expect a bounce back, and especially those NFC West matchups are yeah. always tight. It's going to be much closer matchup, even if the 49ers aren't victorious sure. in Week 3. We'll do our predictions at the end, but okay. yeah, I, I definitely see a nice, hard-fought game. That, you know, too much pride in the 49ers and, and Jimmy T, you know, in order for them to— Also, I think Eric Mangini, maybe, you know— was a little too predictable in his schemes yeah, as well. We uh, praised him a lot. He well, got yeah. no pressure on Ralph. And I hope that so everybody saw that week one and were like, okay, well, this is what he does. Yeah. And now, <laughs> oh no, that's whoops. Nope, they got me. They got me figured out. Let's try something again. So eh? hopefully, yeah, he's able to uh, you know counter back on, on whatever Pittsburgh did to, to thwart those blitzes and the blitz schemes. Yeah. And you got to give some props to the Pittsburgh offensive line. Uh, they, they weren't really running the ball too well to begin the game. Um, but, you know, in the goal line, they were still able to plunge the ball in when they needed to. They got seven points can, and not three. And when your quarterback can stand there for five, six, seven seconds. The, the pass and, block yeah, and the pass yeah. protection, that was that was really the biggest key of the whole game. They yeah. they they made it so easy. That was like, I imagine that's what it looks like in practice when Roethlisberger is playing against the scout team. <laughs> right. You know, nobody's allowed to touch him, and he just waits for, you know, he just carves it up. It, it was, makes his it throws. was Madden makes his football for a while there, you know, on, on a low-level difficulty. Yeah. It was. All right. Do you want to turn the page on that one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's lay it. Okay. You know what? Let's go week three. <laughs> it's week three. We're really good in the odd weeks so far in 2015. So there you uh, go. And you know, there's no game balls to give out this week. Yeah, Let's we don't want to. We don't want to go negative too much. I mean, we've, we've been negative. We don't want to be like, here's the worst game ball to <laughs> fill in the blank. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's no. Uh, we gave it to LOL. We don't want to give it to ROL. Right side of ah, line. This week, yeah. Right? So yeah. Well, let's skip the big board segment. Uh, there's no game balls to give out. Like Jim Tom Sula said in our open, we got to fix it. Yeah, a lot fix of bad stuff. On. Let's fix it. To Tom Sula's credit, he was not very high after that first game either. Yeah. And that, and that's what you need. You know, you need somebody that's like, look, it's week one. Yeah. All right. That was cool, but it's week one. Now, hey, guys, it's week two. 
It's cool. Like right. let's keep let's keep rolling. Also, you know, uh something that I read was that he was he was very much like, "Hey, how you guys doing? How you feeling?" After the game, like, "Yeah, I know we lost." Like, shaking hands, like, "How you feeling? What, how's your body?" Like almost more up after week 2 than he was after week 1. And maybe one. even a bit more concerned, kind of like a parent. You know, like, yes. "Hey, how you feeling?" You know, like you want to talk about it? Like, we can go sit in my office and have a beer, you know? Like, I I love that. I love reading that. It's the kind of guy you want running your football team. Definitely a player's coach. So hopefully they can fix up some of the X's and O's um, and and really come out hot in week three against the Cardinals. And right now... Speaking of the Cardinals. Yeah, let's have our guest come on. Okay, yeah, before we get to all that, it's time for the Bradley Pinioned Inside the 20 segment. Oh, yes. How could I forget? It's one of my favorites. He did take a bit of a step back this week. Had uh, four punts, uh, 42.8 average. There was one shank in there. That really hurt the overall that average. Hurts the average for sure. Yeah, yeah. But seven punts so far on the season, averaging forty four point four. Hard, like, hard to argue that. I felt like the 49ers punted more than four times, but it was just all those drives that ended with nothing in Fourth, Steelers territory yeah. with no points. Yeah, turnover on downs. Right. Okay, I'm over it. Okay. I wonder if we can get Bradley Pinion on the show sometime. I, if we keep pinning, seems if like we a keep, good dude. Yeah, tweeting out to him and tagging in it, maybe. Keep bothering him. How about that, Gold Faithful? Everybody. Bug Bradley Pinion about our show and tell him he has his own segment, Pinioned Inside the 20. We'll I bet, see if we can get him on sometime. I wonder how many punters out there have their own segment on podcasts. No. Yeah. I Maybe bet he, Rich Eisen. He does, Penners are people too. You know, he oh, has the okay. t-shirts. So yeah. He might have a little something. But it's but probably I, not for one not, specific punter. No, and it's not a regular segment. Right. He pays lip service to it. He has a t-shirt. So what? We do it every week. We're yeah. here for the punters. We're here for Bradley Pinion. <laughs> Pinioned Inside the 20. Come talk to us, Bradley. All right. I like it. Let's talk about the Cardinals. Okay, so joining us now, Cardinals beat reporter for NBC Sports Radio AM 1060 in Phoenix to, of course, talk some Arizona Cardinal football. It's Edward Cole. Edward, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, you know, we do a little segment. It's called Know Your Enemy. And, of course, week three coming up. It's going to be uh, 49ers at Cardinals, so uh, a lot on the stake, a lot at stake here for the 49ers for sure. Being one and one, Arizona coming in looking fantastic, two and zero. Oh. I'm definitely scared. How's everybody feeling? Like, what's the vibe right now in Arizona? Guys, I'm telling you, uh, they are in love with the Arizona Cardinals here. Obviously, uh, they went to Chicago on on Sunday, scored uh, scored 40, 48 points, the the most points ever scored at Soldier Field. They went out. Carson Carson oh, wow. Palmer looked great. David Johnson looked great. Oh, yeah, the rookie did. the rookie out of Northern Iowa. I love this young man. We talked to him today in the locker room. He is so excited about being a Cardinal. I mean, just a, a kid that you love to root for. Um, the defense the defense looked great. Tony Jefferson got his first pick six. Patrick Peterson looks great. I mean, they. I mean, everything clicked on all facets yesterday at, at the Bears. They got an offensive touchdown. They got defensive a touchdown. They got a touchdown on special teams. So this Arizona Cardinals team is clicking. They're 2-0 for the third time in the last four seasons, guys. And, of course, they're not looking past the 49ers because they know that's one of their most hated rivals, and they know they always play well when they come here to Glendale. Edward, uh, I'm glad you brought up David Johnson. I do want to circle around and ask a little bit more about him because he's obviously a guy that 49er fans haven't seen yet, and I don't know how many mm-hmm. people were paying attention to his career in college. I, right. I assume not too many right. uh, going to a smaller school. But for our listeners that didn't catch the Cardinals' Week 2 matchup with Chicago, how the heck do you win 48-23 to and Carson Palmer only throw for 185 yards? <laughs> well, you start off with a 108-yard kickoff yeah, return. That's what David start. Johnson started the game off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can't start off any better than that, fellas. You start that off, and you've got a ferocious defense under James Betcher, who's taking over for Todd Bowles, who's the everybody knows is the New York Jets head coach. I mean, I don't think the defense has, has skipped a beat since uh, Coach Betcher's taken over. They've gotten so many 
veterans on that defense with Calais Campbell and Rashad Johnson, uh, uh, Gerard Powers, uh, Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson, and guys like that, Kevin Minter. So it's, it, right now it's all veteran leadership and it's coaching from Bruce Arians. This guy is 18-4, and four, fellas, against teams outside of the NFC West since he's been uh, coach of the Cardinals. So, I mean, that says a lot for what Bruce Arians has done in his three years and what Steve Kime has done as general manager of this organization, bringing in quality guys like David Johnson, guys like J.J. Nelson, John Brown. They mm-hmm. find these guys in these little schools like Pittsburgh State, Northern Iowa like David Johnson, and, and just in schools like that, UAB for J.J. Nelson. They know they have a, a great scouting department that knows how to go out and get these guys and find this talent, and now it's paying off with guys that start off a game in Chicago. His very first road game, David Johnson takes it 108 yards to the house. Plus, he had a rushing touchdown yesterday. You know, and he also had a, a receiving touchdown in the first game, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure you're well aware of this, but 49er fans, maybe not. He's the first player in NFL history to have a return touchdown, a running touchdown, and a receiving touchdown in his first two games. I and mean, that's this not, kid's impressive. Not even very many times he's touched the ball. Yet. Right. No, he's had nine touches in two games, and he's got he's got 250 yards of of, of total all-purpose yards with uh, three touchdowns and nine touches. I mean, how can you start off an NFL career any better than that? Yeah, and well, my big question though is, you know, they got the Johnson and Johnson backfield going right now. You know, you got old right. old Chris Johnson. Are they going to keep feeding him? Or are they going to get David Johnson more involved? Oh, fellas, I don't think he's old old. I think Chris Johnson <laughs> looks he looks good until Andre Ellington comes back from his knee injury. I think the Johnson and Johnson brothers are going to do good. Chris Johnson, we we always talk to him in the locker room. He's saying, "Yeah, guys, I've got to get this playbook down. I've got to get the playbook down. I'm studying. I'm studying every day. I'm getting myself physically there, and I'm getting myself mentally there." So I think once Chris Johnson gets this playbook down, I think he's going to be even more dynamic. And you you put that alongside the rookie David Johnson who's a guy who loves to bang, a guy who we know now can deliver on special teams, I think they're going to have a, a great one-two punch. And then when Andre Ellington comes back from his knee injury, if he can stay healthy, I think they've got a great triumvirate of running backs right there. So you mentioned David Johnson loving to bang. During the draft process, actually, the knock on Johnson was that he didn't really like contact all that much for all his size. He was more of a finesse runner. He can obviously fly. He's built really well. Um, so from what you've seen of the rookie so far, you, you think that's something just maybe he could run around guys at that D2 level? So he that's why he was doing it that way? Or, just avoiding contact? Right. Cause you, when you can't avoid contact e- easily, I guess that's probably right. the best way to go. Sort of water running <laughs> downhill, right? Um, he housed his first ever touch. Uh, yeah. Is this going to be more of like a, a committee backfield when Ellington's back? So if you're if you're playing fantasy football, which Cardinals running back are you sticking in there? You know, it depends on what Bruce Arians, the mad scientist, wants to do because he's going to do it his way like on Sunday. He left Carson Palmer in pretty much the entire game, even when they were up by 19 points. They still had Carson Palmer in there, and he was throwing the ball. He got his third touchdown to Larry Fitzgerald. So I have no idea what Bruce Arians is going to do and what he's going to do when Ellington comes back, how he's going to work all these – these guys in with carries because there's only one football. You can only run one guy at one time. You <laughs> right. can't run Ellington, Johnson, and Johnson at the same time. There's only one football. So because that's up to Bruce Arians and what offensive coordinator uh, Harold Goodwin wants to do. But those guys have done a fantastic job of getting uh, getting all these guys reps in time with Larry Fitzgerald and all these guy all these wide receivers. Now they got Michael Floyd coming back from his hand injury, and once he gets totally uh, once he gets totally healthy and his hands are ready to go. 
man, this is, this is going to be an even more dynamic offense, which is uh, leading the league in points right now with 79 points in two games. I mean, the sky's the limit for this Cardinals offense under with, with Carson Palmer healthy and Bruce Arians running the ship. Well, and that's the key you said right there. It's Carson Palmer staying healthy. I mean, the guy's thrown seven touchdowns, one interception on the year. He runs <laughs> that offense. It's it's fun to see. Even as as a 49er fan myself, you know, I, I enjoy – Good football, and I like. I don't like guys being out right. because they're injured and stuff like that. What of course, you, you, of course, you you want Palmer and Colin Kaepernick at their best on Sunday. You want those guys going back and back and forth, toe to toe, slugging each other out for an entire sixty minutes of football. You don't want guys that's half, you know, that's half healthy and just halfway on the shelf and ready to right. go to the, to the, you know, ready to go on IR. You know, I got to disagree there. I wouldn't have minded. Ben Roethlisberger being hurt last week. <laughs> Can I just say that? <laughs> you know what worries yeah, me, I, Edward? What worries me the most about this as a 49er fan uh, uh, heading, in, heading into Arizona? There is uh, in that home opener against New Orleans. Uh, they held New Orleans to just 54 yards rushing. Now, I didn't get to see a whole lot of that game, obviously. You know, I got to see highlights. I saw the box score, this and that. It Was that just mm-hmm. a case of them shutting them down, or did Arizona get out to a hot start and then uh, just New Orleans had to pass the rest of the game in order to play catch-up? No, I think the number one, the one, the, the top four tape for this Cardinals defense is they want to stop the run first. You saw yesterday on Sunday what they did to Matt Forte. He had 15 rushes. For 61 yards, this is a guy that's used to getting a, a thousand, eleven hundred yards a season. This is a guy that's used to being dynamic in the backfield and dynamic on the swing passes and, and on the screen passes. He didn't do much on that. He had 44 yards uh, receiving, but the defense he only he got 27 of it on one play. So the defense they want to stop the run first. So I don't know what they're going to do with Car- I don't I don't know how good Carlos Hyde is going to do on Sunday uh, against Car- against Calais Campbell and Josh Morrow. And guys like that, Frosty Rucker, Kevin Minter, Sean Weatherspoon, that front seven is, is so ferocious. And then you've got a back four that is just, just, as, just as dynamic that wants to stop the run. That's what they're committed to, number one, and then they stop the passing game. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned I don't know how well Carlos Hyde's going to do. For me, I'm more worried about what's that right side of that offensive line going to do against that Cardinals D-line. Oh, man, they're, they're <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah, and then, fellas, you got two guys coming off the edge, and Alex Okafor and this young kid, Marcus Golden. I love this young man coming out of the University of Missouri. This guy has got a motor like nobody else. They've got so many. They, they, one of the issues was they were trying to figure out what they want to do with this linebacking core and what it was going to be without Darrell Washington, with Larry Foote deciding to become a linebacker's coach. The linebacking core was in flux, but Bruce Arians was, was totally confident in what he had, even when Sean Weatherspoon was out of training camp pretty much the entire time with a bum hamstring. But he came back right at the right time in that final preseason game against Denver. He looked good against New Orleans. And so so if those guys can stay healthy, I think you guys might have a little bit of problems <laughs> running the ball against that front seven. Oh, yeah, I'm worried. Be a tough I'm worried. One. Yeah, the depth in that secondary, too. I don't know if you mentioned Dion uh, oh, Buchanan yet. Buchanan? That guy's a beast. Oh, yes, He's built sir. like a linebacker, but right. he can run like a safety and ferocious hitter. Oh, I'll tell you what. Dion Buchanan, all he loves to do is hit. He says he doesn't care if he's a safety, a linebacker. He doesn't care if he plays defensive end. He can play whatever. <laughs> All he wants to do is hit somebody. So Colin Kaepernick is going to have to beware. Carlos Hyde is going to have to beware. Everybody on that front five is going to have to beware because number 20 is going to come at you. It's going to be definitely one of those physical battles that we've seen year after year Always. with the 49ers oh, and absolutely. the Cardinals. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that that hasn't changed. There's been some changeover in both rosters and actually a little bit of changeover on the offensive line. I know that's obviously a key with – Carson Palmer, you want to keep him healthy. You drafted DJ Humphreys, brought in Mikey mm-hmm. Potty, who's hurt. Um, how's that offensive line looking? Offensive line looks great. They haven't given up a, ta- a sack in two games, which is a good sign. 
I mean, even without Mikey Potty, I know Bruce Arians says they're going to they're going to look at some tape this week and see if they and determine whether they're going to put you Potty in for Ted Larson at the left guard spot. If they're going to swap out Earl Watford for Bobby Massey, who's eligible to come off to get back on the active roster after he served his two game suspension. So, what what Arians is feeling right now is he doesn't really want to tinker with this Jared Valdir, Ted Larson, Lyle Sendline, uh, Jonathan Cooper, Earl Watford front line because they've done so well in these two games. Why would, I don't know if you want to put Mike Upati in there, even though that's what you paid for him to come for in the offseason to come to, to be one of the best run-blocking left guards in the National Football League. Do you want to put Bobby Massey in when Earl Watford has played so well? Do you want to swap out Larson with Upati and mess with that chemistry? So that's something that Bruce Arians is going to have to decide over, over, the, next, over the course of the next couple of days uh, and decide if that's what he wants to do or not. Right, you know, hey, one of the biggest things for me heading into this game is, you know, it's it's an NFC West battle. You know, it, it, yeah, sure. the Niners uh, got their butts kicked, and you know, the Cardinals are looking good, but you know, we're still coming from from a, a position of, you know, I, I I expected that loss for the 49ers. I expected them to kind of get their butts kicked, and I I, I picked Arizona to go to the playoffs this season, so I, I'm yeah. really looking forward to this weekend. I I, I'm worried. And you can always throw the records out when these NFC West teams seem right. to play each other. Any mm-hmm. of the teams, any of the four teams, you just never know how that game's going to go. They're always really physical, and a player or two can, can really swing things one way or the other. Oh, absolutely. It's gonna, like you said, it's going to come down to a play on special teams. It's going to come down to something on third and one or something on fourth and one. Well, Bruce Arians, I know he's, gonna, he's, a, he's a gunslinger, so he's going to play this thing out to the very end. I mean, I, I could see him pulling all stops out to beat the San Francisco 49ers. I wouldn't be surprised what he did. I mean, we saw what he did with David Johnson as they're trying to run out the clock against the New Orleans Saints. He hits David Johnson on a swing pass 55 yards later. He's in for a score. So, I, you know, I have – I mean, Bruce Arians is, is, the, is the wild card in this whole scenario – as to what he wants to do, and if the 49ers can stop what he wants to do offensively. Yeah, and that's where the 49ers could get gouged. We saw it happen last week. Ben Roethlisberger oh. and uh, Antonio Brown really tore him apart, and they had no answers for it when they couldn't get to the quarterback. They no had pressure. zero sacks last week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then Colin Kaepernick continues. Gets, right. And then Kaepernick gets sacked five times, so that didn't really help anything. Because I thought Colin had a fantastic game. I mean, he threw 335 yards and two touchdowns. It was all too late, though, Edward. It was all too late. There was some garbage time stuff going on there, but he he did pick it up. It was almost like... It was almost like a lag. They didn't really have a chance to open things up in week one. Um, so it was almost like a, still a, a little bit of a preseason lag. And right. then finally, I think at the end of that game is like opening things up. So I think they've been yeah. hit in the mouth and they've been sort of woken up. They're like, okay, NFL football, we're here. Uh, we're in the season now. We're kind of we're kind of moving forward. So I think that might have woken up the offense maybe just a little bit, the passing game at least. Yeah, not, and if they get down 29-3 to against the Cardinals like they did against the Steelers, you might as well say goodnight because this defense is going to pin their ears back and you're going to see a mad rush. James Betcher is going to throw the entire house. He's going to throw University of Phoenix Stadium <laughs> at Colin Kaepernick. So good luck with that. He is ED Cole 43 Follow him on Twitter. Cardinals beat reporter, NBC Sports Radio, AM 1060 in Phoenix. Edward Cole, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, man. Fellas, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Let me know when. Uh, let me know when, when it's time for them to come out to San Francisco. Let's do it again. I'm already looking forward to it. Yep. Week 12, we'll have you back on, cool, Edward. Let's do it. All righty. Thank you, fellas. Thank you, sir. That, that is some solid stuff right there. Man, he's excited about it. He got he me even be. more excited about the game than I was because I was kind of yeah. on that that 
downer mode after yeah. that that drubbing this week. So I'm kind of excited about some 49ers football he, again, NFC West style. But like I said, he should be excited. They're two and zero. They look fantastic. That defense looks stout. I mean, have, Carson Palmer's upright. David Johnson looks amazing. All the weapons Ooh. they have on offense and defense. I mean, yeah. they can. They're deep. They can miss some guys and still be okay. I'm worried. Um, I'm worried. Yeah. You weapons, got a prediction this week? Weapons. Uh, I'm going to predict. I predicted a win. In week two, That's all right. and I think I got a little overzealous on the road, and I, I don't necessarily like being on the road again um, with this Cardinals team that's just clicking right now. So I'm going to say it's probably a loss. For yeah, the unfortunately, I'm also going to go in the L column here just because uh, you know I don't think they're fully healthy. Obviously, they had a lot of guys leave the game. Hyde worried you the most, but yeah, just it, unless they open it up early. Which they really needed to do. We talked about it. They should have done it against Pittsburgh. They came out real conservative. Not a big fan of that. Unless they come out like that and uh, and they have the ball bounced away a few times, that they can win this game. I just, oh man, that's a tough task. They need I don't to score. See it. They need to put that thing in the end zone, yep. and they need to be able to control the clock a little bit. Yeah, maybe you get some special teams luck. Who knows? You know. But at, right. this, at this point, all things equal, I, I see a loss. Uh, I want to thank. Edward Cole for joining us. If you're listening on iTunes, as many of you are, we do have the numbers. We know you're listening on iTunes, so click that review button. Let us know how we're going here. Uh, any ideas to improve Gold Faithful, new segment ideas, whatever. Tweet We'd us. love to hear from you. Yeah, hit us on Twitter. Find me at BD Peacock. You can find Nick at Bay Area Wink. And next week, we'll uh, have a week three recap. Talk about the Green Bay Packers preview of that week four matchup at Ooh. home, Levi Stadium. Brutal Another schedule. tough one. Another oh, tough game. <laughs> hey, if the 49ers make the playoffs if the 49ers even have an 8-8 eight eight record this season they will have earned that you look back game. yeah this this these first four games real tough I'm actually going to be there on Sunday going to that game are you nice yeah, yeah. cool yeah have fun man um, so 1-1 one one, hopefully 2-1 after this week Arizona Ooh. Cardinals big week 3 matchup uh, for Nick Winkler I'm Brian Peacock we will talk to you next time see ya go three, one, two, three. Yeah. Yeah.